This week's podcast brought to you by Tender Vittles. We spent the past weekend, Columbus Day weekend, up at Cape Cod, and um, the last day we were there, the transfer station was closed. And so you had to bring back a full bag of trash in the car. We drove separately. We drove separately, yes. So, So you, thankfully, I took the four children and you took the bag of trash back in your car. And this morning, I noticed the bag of trash a day later was still in your car. And so I texted you to let you know that so that while I was driving the kids to school, you could do something about it. And I believe I replied, and your point is? Is the trash still in your car? We'll never know. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Fall is here, and uh. The leaves are changing and beautiful, and I'm noticing them because I'm actually here too. Instead of traveling for WNBA playoffs and WNBA finals, may I just say you are also beautiful and changing. <laughs> well, thank you. What are you saying? Changing in what way? Are well, my leaves you, changing? Is my hair turning you're, you're gray? Reaching the autumn of your years. <laughs> in fact, you did during the WNBA playoffs. You turned uh, another year older. I did. That is true. Um, which is always, of course, better than the alternative. Um, anyway. The WNBA Finals, Game 5, won by the Washington Mystics. And um, I, I will never forget this particular moment. And it was... Game 5, we should say, game for those five. who don't know, is the penultimate, the yes, ultimate it's game. A, it's the winner-take-all game. Um, and so the the winner took all, and, and Washington won. And um, so, you know, right away, Holly Rowe does the on-court interviews, present the trophy, present the MVP trophy, which went to Emma Miesemann. But then right after that, so 12 to 15 minutes after the team has won the championship, Elena Deladon Their comes. Their first and Elena Deladon's first. Yes, exactly. And uh, Elena Deladon walks over to the table where Ryan Rucco and I call the game from. And I'm going, I'm getting up so that she can sit down in my seat because she's going to do an interview um, back with SportsCenter. So Ryan, neither Ryan nor I are conducting the interview. SportsCenter is. So Elena's going to sit where I was just sitting to call the game for two hours, put on the headset. And as I get up and she's going to, you know, walk by, I said to her, congratulations. She's like, thank you. And then she said to me, because during the finals, I'd been wearing instead of I normally wear dresses, but I was been wearing these jumpers. Um, she, she just looks at me. She's just won the w, her first WNBA championship and said to me, where do you get your jumpers that are long enough? And so she and I have this brief conversation about where to get jumpers that will fit a 6'4 or 6'5 woman as our stage manager is like trying to grab Elena to tell her to sit down to, to do this interview. But she's more interested, of course, in finding out where she can get jumpers that will be long enough for her long legs. Anyway, I just thought it was a hilarious moment that that's what she was thinking about right after uh, right after we grabbed her over to our table. Were you able to share with her some... I was. I was. I was telling her um, some of the places that you can get things that fit. And it's actually it's funny because uh, years ago I met with a a stylist. She wasn't even a stylist, just met with a woman who was like trying to help me um, wear things that would look decent on TV. And one of the things she said to me was the first place you should look when you're at a, a department store at the mall anywhere. She said, go to the clearance rack. She said, and I'm not telling you to go to the clearance rack because you'll save money. I'm telling you to go to the clearance rack because there's a reason things are on the clearance rack. And often it's because they don't fit normal sized human beings. The arms might be too long. The legs might be too long. Whatever the reason is, they don't fit normal people. They end up on the clearance rack. And that's perfect for you because you're not a normal sized person. And um and anyway, that that uh, tends to be true sometimes. If you go to the clearance rack, you're like, oh, of course this doesn't fit anyone else. It fits me. And uh, and so who knows? Maybe I'll be fighting with Elena at some point at the clearance rack at your local Nordstrom. <laughs> now, when she said, where did you get your jumpers? Did you ask her, where did you get your 
jumper. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly true. She does have the prettiest jump shot uh, in in the history of the WNBA. And, and for those listeners, by which I mean me, who may not know what a jumper is, what a are we jumper, talking about? In, ju- in England, a jumper is a, a sweater. Oh, really? A jumper is um, is a top and bottom that are connected. And so my jumpers, most of my jumpers are like sleeveless and they, you know, or whatever they are up top, but they're connected to the pants. So you know, like kids wear rompers. It's pretty much like that. And I'll have to say that the one issue it poses, they're, they're very cute. The one issue it poses is it becomes a much bigger ordeal to use the restroom because you have to go from top down in order to um, access what you need to access. And especially in games four and five of the WNBA finals, I joined Holly Rowe at halftime um, to help break down the first half. And so instead of having the normal halftime to go use the ladies room, they told me it was like, you have six minutes. I said, well, six minutes is plenty of time, but it means getting up, you know, leaving your your seat, going to the back, um, (laughs) undoing your jumper redoing your jumper and and what's funny too is fortunately my arms are long enough and many of these jumpers have a zipper in the back and because my arms are so long I have no problem um, zipping it up or zipping it down well Holly Rowe also wears jumpers but her arms are much shorter than mine so usually if we were going to be meeting in the hotel to go over to a game I'd get to the lobby and I'd see her and the first thing she would do is just turn her back to me because her jumper would only be half done because her arms weren't long enough and so I'd zip it up or zip it down. And there have been times where she's been doing college football or working on whatever. And she said she's had to ask strangers in the elevator if they were either unzip her or zip her. Because at the end of the night, if she was getting back to her room and realized that she was still zipped and had no way of unzipping herself, she would have to then go down to the lobby and find a stranger <laughs> to unzip her. So so jumpers are a very cute item of clothing, but um, if you have short arms, be careful. Well, I was going to ask that. You wouldn't feel comfortable, or is it is it uh, commonly accepted etiquette in a women's restroom for you to emerge from a stall with your jumper undone and ask somebody to zip you up? Well, I think... Um I think people would actually be okay. I, I've with often that. asked in a men's room for with help for somebody to zip me up since <laughs> right. I just I just didn't want to <laughs> sully my hands in any way. Actually, you know what that makes me think. Yesterday, you and I were were driving back from um, we were up at Cape Cod. We were driving back, and I yesterday um, being Columbus Day. I'm sorry, yeah, Columbus Day. And I stopped at a uh, a restroom. I'm trying to think. Um, or I stopped at a restaurant, went into the restroom, and when I came out of the stall, there was a woman standing in front of the only sink with her her purse sitting on the sink, brushing her hair, just brushing her hair. And I just looked at her and I said, can I wash my hands? And she said, yes. And she didn't move, but she did grab her purse, but stayed right in front of the mirror. And so I just like shoved my hands in the sink and washed my hands as she kept brushing her hair. Did you make as much splatter as possible? I mean, it was really obnoxious. Back away. You don't really need a mirror to brush your hair. Just step away from there long enough for me to wa- wash my hands instead of like monopolizing it. Anyway, I digress. But um, but yeah, the, the thing is like, of course, if you're in a hotel or something, you're not in a public restroom. You're not, you know, there's nobody around to help you zip. And so anyway, if anyone see if is traveling, sees, is in a hotel and sees a woman who looks like Holly Rowe and she's half zipped, um, it probably is Holly. And uh, you should go over and offer to complete the zipping process. This will be my last thing I talk about uh, for the WNBA finals. But when we were in DC, walking around the mall and the monuments, I was walking by this couple. Um, I'd say they Not were- the shopping mall, the national right, mall. Right, the yeah. national mall. And But this was down um, between the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial, um, you know, past the World War II Memorial. Anyway, it's it's that whole um, area where I was walking. It was at night and a couple went walk by and they would say early to mid 20s. And at one point I, I hear the woman say to the guy, uh, she's trying to describe some movie to him. And she said, it's Russell Crowe and Kevin Spacey. It's like the 90s. And the guy's response was, oh, like there's no way he could possibly know what movie it, it was it because it was well be the, 1890s. the 90s yeah exactly 
That was that movie was L.A. Confidential, by the way, 1997. I was going to say, that was the late 90s. I saw that in a movie theater. That that still was 22 years 22 ago. 22 years ago. How <laughs> old were these smokes. people? Yeah, like I said, early to mid-20s. So. What were they doing on the mob? Did they clearly didn't know who Lincoln or Washington was. Right. <laughs> they knew, I think they know those two just from their money. As I mentioned, we were, um, we were at Cape Cod over Columbus Day weekend, and one of the more interesting slash disturbing things that happened while we were there was um, one night we got some food, and uh, our son loves clam chowder. We had leftover clam chowder. It went in the refrigerator. Anyway, the next morning, I made pancakes for all the kids, and, um, and our son was gobbling up his pancakes and syrup, and he has quite an appetite. Um, and when he finished eating his pancakes, and he'd had a pretty heaping plate of them, he said he was still hungry. And so you recounted the um, contents of the refrigerator. And when you mentioned clam chowder... Well, I didn't, I didn't give a dry recitation of the uh, inventory in the fridge. I, I said, ooh, there's some leftover clam chowder in here. And he called your bluff. It wasn't a bluff. And he said... It was, it was more, if you're not going to have it, I will. <laughs> And he said he wanted it. So what time was this? This was maybe 9, nine in the morning. He just gobbled up a plate full of pancakes and syrup and then just started, like once Thick. we reheated it. It had the viscosity of, of uh 40 weight motor oil. It's yeah, for people who don't know, New England clam chowder is like the thick cream based um, potato Cod, it and was legit. Clam it, was, and it's, it had chock full of, of yes, uh, seafood, chock full of clams. And um, I was just thinking, and chowder. Is, is there a grosser combination, food combination, you forgot. than pancakes with syrup and clam chowder? That's and, just disgusting. And a full bag of oyster crackers. Oh, right, because he was, he was near the end of the, the clam chowder. Do we still have the oyster crackers? He but, ate the oyster crackers with the clam chowder for breakfast. It was... That's when I... The, that's when I, it was a periodic reminder that... that I think of myself as a, I am a Midwesterner who has lived on the East Coast for a long time, but my kids are native New Englanders. And so it was with some pride that I watched my son, first generation immigrant to, to New England, uh, downing a bowl of clam chowder and oyster crackers for breakfast. It, but it, it wasn't even so much that he ate that for breakfast that disturbed me. And, and I mean, it, the, on a, on there's a whole level of that that's kind of gross, but that wasn't what bothered me as much as the combination of that with syrup-soaked pancakes. Like, well, I wasn't the one who you, gave him pancakes for breakfast. Think, <laughs> can you think of a grosser combination? Like, do you think you would have been able to eat pancakes followed by clam chowder? In in my day, yes. Now, I think the last time I was able to eat two delicious things. Uh, in a disgusting combination, and you were there, was the, the 2002 Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. I may have mentioned this on the podcast before when I was at the ski jumping, and I uh, enjoyed a steaming plate of nachos along with my steaming cup of hot coffee. Uh, hot coffee, hot chocolate. So the combination of, of nachos, the cheese and the, and the taco meat on top, with hot chocolate, proved to be a, a disgusting combination that and I, I wouldn't do again. I appreciate that in your memory. That you, wasn't for breakfast. You, uh, you think I was there. I was not there. Oh, that's um, right. You were not at the 2002 Olympics. I was Olympics. not at the 2002 Olympics. I can remember you telling me about it. Um, those Olympics happened over February 14th. And one of the reasons I remember not being there, so I remember having this conversation. That's when I made you this, this lovely, lovely Valentine's gift. We've talked about this before, yeah, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, that's how one of the reasons I remember not being but, there. But, but in the words of Willie Nelson, yes, you were always on my mind. Yeah, right. Um, and still, like, and while that's not an ideal combination, it's not It's nearly, a terrible one, I can tell it's you. Not, it's not nearly as gross as the one our son consumed. So I think if anybody can think of some of the best food combinations or food and drink combinations they've ever put together. He enjoyed it. They can, but I'm just saying people can let us know at either Twitter, which is at ball and chain pod, or they can send us an email and see if any of it uh, trumps the disgusting um, soup that our, our son put down. So my other fond memory um, 
from when we were at, at the Cape this weekend was I was at a stop and shop and I, our eight year old and I went there just to get a handful of items. And, um, she's the one who pointed out, let's go to this checkout. It was the, um, 12 items, um, what, how do or they fewer. Say? They say 12 items or less. Yeah, they say 12 just, items or less. Just to get my goat. Right. Um, we were not getting your goat. We were stop and shop also used to have, at least our stop and shop used to have uh, in the ice cream aisle, another sign that said Sherbert, S-H-E-R-B-E-R-T also. That, that also got your goat. That's sort of a New England thing. Anyway. Oh, Sherbet. Anyway. It's a universal thing, but anyway. We were, um, our, our, our eight-year-old said, let's, let's go here. And, and then I pulled in, there was no one in, in front of us. And then she, she got a little panicky and started counting all of the items that were in our cart. And we had exactly 12 items. And so she said kind of in a relieved way, oh, you know, good, we have 12 items. And at this point, you know, I'm putting the stuff on the cart and the guy who's working at the checkout said, you know, he said, <clears throat> said if you had had 13 or 14 or even 15 it would be okay we'd st- still let you go through he said you know i wouldn't care if you had you know 13 14 or 15 he said but you know what you know who does care sometimes are the people that would be behind you in line and he said one time there was a guy who got really angry because the guy in front of him had 13 cans of cat food and he started pitching a fit that the guy had 13 cans of cat food in the 12 or less aisle. And, um, and the guy who was recounting the story, he's like, he said, first of all, for the guy to have counted the number of cans was a little ridiculous. Um, but he said, we do sometimes have checkout rage and it comes when um, the person behind gets ticked. He said, it's never the cashier who cares if you have 13 or 14 items, but it might be the person behind. And I just thought how perfect of, was this story of not only the guy getting angry, but that the, the offending item was cat food. Well, that's perfect. And, you know, I mentioned last week that I've been listening to a lot of Johnny Carson in the car on, on Sirius XM channel yes. 105, the Johnny Carson channel. I found the Tonight Show on Antenna TV on our cable system. And the other night, Johnny threw it to commercial. You know, he would often hold up sponsored products. And he said, uh, but first, a word from America's favorite finicky cat, Morris. Now, do you remember uh, Morris the finicky cat? Yeah, Nine lives. Yeah. Nine lives cat food. I don't believe he was the same as meow, 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 You remember that? I do remember that. I remember all of those dog and cat food commercials from when I was a kid. And... Chuck wagon, remember? chuck wagon, where the chuck wagon would, you know, run in well, the the, the covered wagon would run in and out from under the sink. Do you remember the cat kibbles and bits and of bits course, and kib- bits, kibbles, kibbles and, and bits. bits? I, I got to get bits. me some kibbles and bits. Do you remember? Um, what what was about? It? I remember because when we had a d- dogs and cats when I was growing up. But I remember um, the was it gravy train? What was yes, the dog the, food you'd yeah, add that, water that to? That looked so good. I, yeah, I, and I, and so as a kid, you're like, wow, that it looked like a succulent hamburger patty. Do you remember that? Yes, but isn't that the one that you added to water Absolutely, yeah, and it looked so good. It did. Like, everything looked good to you when you were a kid. How hungry were we as children? It's so crazy that 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 as you were saying that, that's what I was going to say next. Was that, that, was it the Gainsburger? I don't know. That's what it was called, right? Gainsburger. I don't know. It looked so... I thought it, it was looked, gravy train. I oh, thought gravy it was train. There was another train. one. You poured water over the over the uh, over the, the kibble. hard yeah. food. Yeah, yeah, that was gravy train. Gainsburger was a delicious, uh, medium rare looking hamburger. That was that was dog food. But seriously, this shows that you and I grew up hungry as children. Because how in any other way would those things look yummy to us? But it sort of explains why you like White Castle so much. <laughs> you said it. Not I me. kid. I kid. By the way, it was. Meow mix was meow 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 meow. That was I'm meow sorry. Mix. Can you say that again? <laughs> it was meow mix. That was meow 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 meow. Right. Okay. Well. And, meow 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 meow. And meow, obviously, meow, meow, meow. kibbles and bits and bits and bits was kibbles and bits. Well, I remember kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I gotta get me some kibbles and bits, kibbles and. Remember that commercial? Yeah. 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 And uh, snossage, snossages. Oh right. Snossages. That was a dog food. That was a dog food. Wasn't that the little um, hot dog dog that was walking around? I think around? so. Might have been. No, no, that was that was uh, the wiener dog. Yeah. No, that was uh, Digger the dog. Diggity goes with you when you explore. Do they have pet food commercials on TV anymore? Like, do you think the, they were the banned? Channels? Like cigarette commercials? Well, I don't know. Just the channels I watch don't show them. Uh, probably. I, I don't know. know. I'm sure they must. Animal Planet probably has some. I don't know. Um, I don't know why dog food made me think of this, but um, when when I 
had my also may i just interrupt yes tender vittles oh remember yeah. tender vittles that's a really weird name tender vittles yes that's a kind of a nice name well vittles but it's no but tender vittles is totally a, a punchline to a karnak right that's true um but anyway and a medical affliction <laughs> well exactly that's my point but um so for to get away from dog food to um for my uh, we've talked about how our son and I share a birthday. And May for I just birthday, interject one more time? <laughs> yes. Because Carson, you know, has I've been watching a lot of it, and you mentioned Karnak, and I did see the one. Um, first, I showed our son the one with the sisboomba, uh, described the sound made by a sheep exploding, and he found it hilarious, I must yes. say. And then I saw the one on Antenna TV, the Karnak, in which he did the uh, another famous one, dippity do. Did we say this last week? No. dippity do. Um, what forms on your dippity early in the morning? <laughs> There's never enough Karnak. I'm sorry, what were you saying? I was saying, we've talked about how our son and I share a birthday, and our son wanted um, ice cream cake for the for our birthday. I was working. You had gone and gotten delicious ice cream cake, Carvel ice cream cake. We all love Carvel ice cream cake. Um, and there was a leftover piece of the ice cream cake. What would make you put the leftover piece of ice cream cake in the refrigerator? Oh, like, I, I remember. Ice cream is ice cream. You yeah. put it in the freezer. I, I opened, I was, I was kind of looking forward. And the only reason I'm saying this is I was looking forward to that leftover piece of ice cream cake. And then I saw it like in a melted ball. It of was a Salvador Dali drudge. slice of cake. It had yeah. melted. I, I realized the next day that that should have gone in the freezer. But I was thinking of it as cake and not as ice cream. That's the problem with ice cream cake. So if you, you know, the, if I may, if I may paraphrase the joke style of George Wallace, comedian George Wallace, the funniest guy funniest on Twitter, follow on Twitter, yeah, he always does jokes constructed this way. Mm-hmm. When the when the bleep goes down between ice cream and cake, ice cream cake is going to have to choose the side. Right. You know? Dragonflies yes. will have to choose a side, as George Wallace has written. When when the stuff goes down between dragons and flies, well, I, I was thinking of ice cream cake as cake. And not as ice cream, and that was my fault. Okay, well, this then this would be my other question because you said you recognized it the the next day. Well, when that, you, that, when at you that saw point, it in at the that fridge. point, like a lot of our leftovers, I'm just waiting until Wednesday, well, garbage day, when I can throw it away. But you weren't because I was. that means it was October seventh, and as it stands now, October fifteenth, eight days later. Yeah, well, I, it was seven days later. It was yesterday. I removed it and threw it away. Okay. If you saw it the next day, why like why did you let it sit in its dilapidated disgusting form in the Tupperware in the fridge for 7 more days? Because I thought if I got hungry enough I would eat it. Would you have you think? For breakfast. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we can litigate that at another time, not in front of the viewers here, but um we had a beautiful day here on Columbus Day. We had uh fall leaves, autumn leaves falling. Yes, we beautiful. Touch football like we were members of the Kennedy family on Thanksgiving. Okay. We did. You played. What are you talking about? Okay. No, I, I just don't know about the Kennedy family. An annual touch football game at the Kennedy compound okay. I, I, in New England. Yes. Among the autumn leaves. We had a, a. All of that is true. All of that is true, except that we're not Kennedys. We don't have a compound. And, but we played touch football. That's all that it means. We do have compound W for the occasional wart, but we yes. Do. And preparation H. And. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. I don't know if we actually have that. I don't think that, we actually do we have preparation age. We do have compound W. So anyway, it makes, it makes you wonder, though, doesn't it? Make you wonder what what um, it's how right. they failed in preparations A through G or compounds A through V. Did the you really just sing the song in your head as you were getting into the letters? I couldn't think of the letter before W. T V W. Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. But what were we talking about? We were talking oh, about the autumnal leaves. It yes. was a lovely day. And um, over the weekend, you took our eight-year-old to shoot some hoops at the playground, right? Yes. And she does a thing that, how did it get the name Jerky? She, she tries to set her record, uh, her Jerky record, which is, which is the number of consecutively made baskets. At basketball camp, and you know this, when you teach kids form on their shot, oh, right. you do the of anagram yes. beef, beef, balance, yeah. Elbow, eyes, follow through. So she learned that so, at camp. So she would so hold, hold up beef, her, and then when she would when she would release, she would say jerky, beef jerky. Yeah. So I'd forgotten the beef. It's like ice cream cake. I'd forgotten about the ice cream and just thought of it as cake. I'd forgotten about the beef and was just thinking about the jerky. So, so when I'm rebounding for her, if she makes three shots in a row and then misses, 
Then we have to start over. So her jerky record is 11. And when we've asked her... One like, jerky. She makes a shot. One jerky. Two jerky. So we don't ask jerky. her, do you want to go shoot baskets or whatever? We just say, you know, do you want to go play jerky? And she'll say yes or no. And um, so, yeah. So, so you, she was playing jerky. She was playing jerky, yes. And then, and then when she stopped playing jerky, what was she doing? I wasn't there. So... Yeah, I was just shooting around with her and our old, our our thirteen year old daughter, and uh, and our our eight year old said, um, "I'm going to try this." She said, "I'm going to do a couple burpees, and then you give me the ball, and I'll go in and make a shot." So she just like did five burpees in a row. I don't even know where she learned how to do burpees. It must be a gym class or something. So it did five burpees. <laughs> I'd give her the ball, and she'd go in and shoot a basket and that that was what she wanted to do I, I i if anybody drove by they probably thought i was a crazy parent making her eight-year-old do burpees and shoot baskets meanwhile it not was just burpees but jerkies and burpees right <laughs> jerkies and burpees not kibbles and bits and it was completely her doing her idea on this beautiful fall day to be doing jerkies and burpees <laughs> but i did love it well, I don't know why, but we have a ton of viewer mail. Should we just get to that? We should. I love okay. when we get to viewer mail. Okay, let's get to viewer mail. Big bad book, throw our lure. Reel us in with your viewer mail. Okay, this one comes in from Laura. Laura writes, Rebecca and Steve, I'm still catching up on old podcasts. I think I'm on number 44 now, but I had to write some of this before I forget it all. My husband coached all three of our kids, daughter and two sons in basketball, daughter and softball, sons in baseball. Your current experiences make me laugh because we saw the same things years ago. Parents who coach from the stands, parents who belittled the other team, overzealous parents. I was usually grading papers in the stands, and when my husband wasn't coaching, he was just chilling. Unless daughter was pitching, then he was pacing quietly. Laura also likes palindromes uh, and recommends... Um, uh, a few kids' books related to palindromes, one actually called Go Hang a Salami, I'm a Lasagna Hog. And regarding people and your dad, Rebecca, giving your stuff, you your stuff back, my daughter currently still has three to four boxes of stuff from high school and college that will slowly make its way back to her. Pictures, news clippings, magazine articles, gifts from fans. The reason we parents do this is so you can decide to throw it away. If we throw it away, you'll surely ask for it at some point and then be upset because we threw it away. Not sure why other people give back stuff, though. The one that really puzzles me is when people give you pictures of yourself that they took or drew. <laughs> You've experienced <laughs> That's this. so true. Yes, I, I still have that giant portrait that someone yeah, painted. Yeah, lovely oil painting yes. um, that you'd be uh, completely nuts if you hung above your own fireplace. Right. Like a Batman villain. Love the addition, uh, writes Laura, of the Holly Row Minute. We have met her a couple of times in OKC, and she's very nice and was always respectful of our desire to not be front and center. Much love to Holly. Uh, this, this woman who's... Uh, giving her daughter her own news clippings back, by the way, is Laura from OKC, Kat Osterman's mom. I mean, the, the, there's a couple things I love about this. One of them is that she was uh, grading papers at her daughter's softball games. The perfectly sane thing to do. <laughs> yes, of course. Her husband uh, would be pacing if Kat was pitching. But my favorite part about this is um, Holly Rowe, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast, who is one of my best friends, Um when our oldest daughter was like in fifth or sixth grade, and I told Holly that that our oldest daughter um, was playing softball, Holly immediately in her brain, our daughter was going to be Olympic softball pitcher. So she said to me, you know, with her long levers, she could be a really great pitcher. She needs to watch video of Kat Osterman um, pitching. That's who she needs to emulate is Kat Osterman. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, our daughter no longer plays softball. Should, should your daughter develop an interest in softball and become the best softball pitcher in the world, right. then she should emulate. Then she should emulate this person. Yeah. And even now, you know, our daughter um, plays volleyball, and, and Holly um, sent me home. We were doing a WNBA game together, and I was telling her about um, our daughter playing volleyball, and she said, oh, tell her she has to look up this uh, middle hitter who plays for, I think it was Stanford, um, and watch her because, you know, and I'm thinking, yes, that person, and Kali's like, because she's going to be on the Olympic team. And I'm thinking, yes, that person's the best in the world. And I just love that Holly gets so excited about uh, one of our kids playing a sport that she has them. She wants me to have them watching certain people. But that cat was the one she wanted Siobhan to watch. And apparently Holly was lovely to Kat's parents at Oklahoma City during the um during the softball world series uh it's just perfectly fitting and we should have done we, we should have forced her to become a left-hander 
like Kat Osterman, and then she would no doubt would have been a uh, fireballing because uh, Kat Osterman is 6'3", and so is our daughter, right, so course. it would have been perfect. I'm just kidding. I say force her to be a left-hander because uh, that's those are the nutty parents that we're, we're talking right. about here. Uh, Marie writes to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Um, Dear Rebecca and Steve, thanks for sharing with all us every week. As a longtime UConn fan and now a fan of you too, Steve, I enjoy hearing of your family and day-to-day events. I can relate to so many of them, including IL sealers, traveling all over for travel sports with my children and trying to juggle family and work. I'm a middle school nurse and would love to be your resident middle school nurse. We don't have one, do we? Do we have a resident nurse of any age? Possibly, but not middle school, I don't think. Once had a well, student tell me that. three of our kids are in middle school. Well, I right. guess two of them are in middle well, school. We have an so. actual middle school nurse. But we it don't would have be nice to have show. a resident, yes. yes. She once had a student tell her that the only, she thought only grams could eat graham crackers, took your recommendation, Rebecca, and I'm watching Boston Legal and enjoying it very much. Have read Stingray Afternoons. We'll be reading your other books too, Steve. Uh, would love a magnet. We'll send a magnet. I haven't sent out swag in a long time, so that's my, my bad. I will save that as news so I can send a magnet to that address. Um, this one comes in from John. I believe we know John, speaking of, of middle school educators. Uh, John writes, uh, I'm listening once again, still in reverse order. It's rather like that reverse Seinfeld episode and oddly satisfying to get the references in newer podcasts by listening to the older ones. I have so many questions. You already have a resident educator, writes John. So I was figuring I had no path into the pantheon of resident experts and correspondents. The extent of that pantheon was driven home during one episode when I was further dismayed to hear that you had designated one of your listeners as the resident organ ducts, D-U-C-T-S, expert. I rewound only to realize you had, in fact, designated a resident Oregon Ducks expert. <laughs> Wait, the Oregon, duck, the Oregon Ducks expert role is still open. I can do this. I'm a, I'm a professional biologist. I've even had my gallbladder out and took away too many notes. Now, I think that is going above and beyond to get this job, don't you? I think so. Yeah. Unless Dr. Gary has scooped me on this, writes John, I would like to apply for the position. John, you have the position. You are our resident Oregon Duct expert. Our resident Organ. So we have a resident organ duct expert and a resident Oregon Oregon ducks expert. Exactly. <laughs> we're getting. We're really fine tuning this machine. We have to be now. the only podcast on the planet who has both of those. <laughs> I certainly hope so. This next one is just unbelievable. It comes from Jackie. Hey, Restiva Uno, the formerly one bald a canine. Remember? I uh, would oh. like to request to be B and C's. Uh, she writes it, not me. Jackie. Hey, Restiva Uno with one ball, formerly, would like to request to be BNC's official dog correspondent. Jesse might, Jesse, our Jesse, might seem to be the obvious choice, but hopefully nepotism doesn't have her in consideration. Absolutely. We rule out any resident experts within our own family. Right. The attached picture should hopefully summarize his credentials. And here's a picture of Uno with a box of White Castle sliders in front of him and a New York Liberty number 50 Lobo jersey on him. I mean, this is a picture that we will Beautiful clearly dog, by the way. We will clearly post on our Instagram account, which is at Ball and Chain Podcast. What kind of dog is he? Can you tell? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the foggiest idea. You don't we'll know post anything about dogs. Know, no, we'll post it, and uh, and you'll know which one we're talking about because it will be the only dog posted who is wearing a Rebecca Lobo jersey while eating White Castles. While eating White Not Castles. Gainsburgers. Right. <laughs> Not gravy train, but White Castles. And, and I should say, Jackie adds, also, I wanted to cast another vote to get Sue Wicks in basement. My parents have Uno's sister, and they still have my Wicks jerseys, so Uno would happily recruit his sister to the pod, to the pod listeners. I wonder if we could get uh, Uno's sister in the Sue Wicks jersey. We, um, I wonder that, and yes, getting Sue Wicks in basement we or us to get, going to Long Island yeah. is a priority. We have so many applications this week for staff physicians, uh, and uh, Jamie writes, I'm hoping to be the official something other of the ball and chain pod, and we'll give you a couple of choices. In my real life, I'm the city manager of Steve's hometown, what our mayor likes to call the center of the universe, Bloomington, Minnesota. I also call it that. So if you're in need of someone to answer all your questions about municipal government management, I would be happy to be the official man- city manager of the pod. Rebecca, Can would you he- like to hear what's behind door number two? I w- y- yes, because okay. there's how many doors? Three? Two. Oh, two, two possibilities. Yes. Alternatively, in my other life, I'm the public address announcer for University of Minnesota Gophers football, men's basketball, men's hockey, wrestling, and baseball. I could be the official PA voice of the pod if that's a spot you're looking to fill. We could have Jamie come every week and introduce us. We could run down a tunnel, burst through a paper mache rain of some kind. That would be pretty kind. spectacular. I, I have to say, I knew he wasn't the resident, or I knew he wasn't the PA voice of the Minnesota Lynx because the Minnesota Lynx PA person has a has a name i will never forget not only because we had it so many times when they won championships but the minnesota Lynx pa announcer is named 
sigh, huff. That's two things you can do when you're exasperated, sigh and huff. Exactly. So uh, not to take any thunder away from Jamie, because Jamie is the voice of the Gophers football, men's and women's basketball. No, no. Football, men's basketball, men's oh. hockey, wrestling, and baseball. I think— and, well, and you know he's a PA announcer and, a, and an excellent PA announcer because he, pronounces, he provides a pronunciation key for his surname. Jamie <laughs> Verbrugge, V-E-R-B-R-E-W-G-H-E-E. See, Spelled V E R B R U G G E. He is a PA. A, a, I'm sorry, a play-by-play person's nightmare. Now to present the championship trophy, we're going to send it down to Jamie Verbrugge, <laughs> city manager of the center of the universe, as he signs off. And I love both of so these what things. Are we but how, him? how can we not? Both. He's got to be our resident PA announcer okay, because well, that's something that we could we could put to good use uh, later on, even more than his his city management expertise. True. All right, he's our resident PA announcer. You've got it, Jamie. P.S. My wife and I are also, my wife Jennifer and I are also friends with Tom, Dick, and Hari as our kids were in school with their kids. It makes us smile to hear them every week, too, so thanks for giving them the break they so richly deserve. Well, I mean, now, this this may violate our nepotism clause, but oh, I, I don't think so, because Tom, Dick, and Harry themselves violate our nep- nepotism clause. So Jamie is grandfathered in through the Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, uh, exception. Okay. This comes from uh, Michael in Santo Domingo. We always love to hear from Michael in Santo Domingo. Always. Well, I mean, in fairness, we love to hear from anybody in Santo Domingo, but Michael is the only one who writes to us from there. Right. Uh, and they're always uh, uh, well-crafted emails, and I appreciate that. Hello, Stephen Rebecca. Greetings from Santo Domingo. I hope this finds you well. Your annual banter about birthday gift givings and misgivings once again had me laughing. You see that, what he did there? Gift, gift, gift givings and misgivings? Yes, I, I saw what he did there. So, inspired by your daughter's report on Abraham Lincoln, here is the perfect birthday gift idea for you both. Stovepipe top hats. Out and about, you two would cut a resplendent couple in these elongated chapeaus. <laughs> Talk about bringing fashion to new heights. Throw in Steve's monocle, and surely all bets would be off. Steve, with form and function being what they are, you could stash podcast notes and bear repellent beneath your hat. Likewise, Rebecca, you could stow any and all wayward press lanyards and WNBA stat sheets under yours. Overheight parking, indeed. And consider this. By sporting such towering headwear, you would undoubtedly create a new boarding group for airlines. Good afternoon, passengers. This is the pre-boarding announcement for Delta Flight 007 to Hartford. We are now inviting those passengers with small children and any passengers donning oversized cylindrical headpieces of a presidential variety to begin boarding at this time. What a fashionable way to hop to the front of the line and endear yourselves to your many plane mates. Enjoy the wonder that is the day. I remain Michael. How long do you think Michael spent on that email and how many times do you think he started laughing while writing it? I, I, th- I think when he came up with oversized cylindrical headpieces, he, he stood up and gave himself a chef's kiss. See, if Michael is ever in the Hartford area, he should get in touch with us because the two of you could go out and have a beer together and have a delightful time. I would last like 30 to 45 seconds of eye rolls and be out of there, but the two of you could could just have a delightful time with one another. But a very, very well-crafted email for sure. You know, it's like you know, when you wait for a bus and it, one doesn't come along for an hour and then two come along at the same time. Yeah, that we happens have, a lot at Disney World. Yeah, we have two consecutive Abe Lincoln stovepipe hat Abraham. emails. Abraham Lincoln. Uh, this one's headed Abe's, Abe's stovepipe. Uh, it says, uh, this is from our resident birder, Denise in Glastonbury. Oh, hello, Denise. This may be too late for your daughter's report on President Lincoln. It is not, happily. It's not due for until Friday. But that this reminds is, me, though, I've got to get some postal board, board to yeah. get. But this okay. is a photo I recently took of one of his two stovepipe hats. It's on display at the beautiful Hildeen Farm, the home of the president's son, Robert Todd Lincoln, in Manchester, Vermont. Perhaps a family road trip to assess the number of documents that it could contain? Question mark. Your resident birder and history fan, Denise in Glastonbury, P.S. Please tell her she is welcome to use the photo in her report if she would like to, and I think Absolutely, she should use this. And here, encased under glass, is one of what Denise describes as two of Abraham Lincoln's stovepipe hats. And it appears, I don't know if you can see this, Rebecca, we can post this uh, on the Ball and Chain Instagram. Instagram. But it appears to be somehow floating in air, doesn't it? Yeah, that's fascinating. I, um, it looks like it could hold maybe, it looks like it could hold a complete set of, of Topps baseball cards. Uno cards, too. Um, 
that makes me uh that reminds me and i know i said i was done talking about the WNBA finals but um when we were going to game five we were staying in a different hotel than we'd stayed at previously and we had to it was a little bit of a longer drive through the city to, to get to um the entertainment and sports arena where the mystics play anyway at one point First of all, I have to paint the picture. We're in like a, I don't know if it was a suburban or what, but it had a, a sunroof and we're stuck in bad traffic. Um, neither Holly, Ryan, nor I, none of us were driving. And at one point, Holly Roas, the guy who was driving to open the sunroof because we're stuck in traffic and she wanted to stick her head out of the sunroof. So we were doing that in downtown DC. But soon after that, we drove by the Lincoln Theater. And you know, sometimes you just have like sort of brain farts. Well, <laughs> this was someone in the car it, it wasn't me, said, uh, is that, wait a minute, are we driving by where Lincoln got shot? And someone else in the car said, no, that would have um, Ford's been theater? Ford's theater. Lincoln did not get shot at Lincoln's theater. So anyway, if anyone saw last Thursday. But Lincoln um, was shot in a Ford. About that. <laughs> if anyone saw a woman sticking her head out of the sunroof driving by Lincoln Theater, um, that was our car. Hi, Steve writes, Ralph, I was watching an old Dick Cavett show from the 60s or 70s on one of the old-time TV stations a few years ago. His guests were Dinah Shore, Milton Berle, and Tuesday Weld. Cavett asked Ms. Weld about what it was like to work with Orson Welles on her most recent movie. This would have been 1971, I know, from just having Googled it, called A Safe Place. The four of them then went into a great conversation about Welles' body of work. I certainly thought at the time that such a thing could not happen today, and I still do. I doubt I will subscribe to SiriusXM for one station, but I can understand Steve's enjoyment of Carson. Good for Emma Misaman. Now what do I do till mid-November? You and I have remarked about this, riding in the car, Johnny talking to some random doctor for two you know, seven-minute segments, It's it would be impossible to happen today, and yet it has an oddly soothing effect to hear people in long was, conversation on what was a 90-minute show until 1980. And it was ridiculously entertaining. Like, this doctor is just rambling on and rambling on, but saying things that are interesting. And then when he came up for air, what did Johnny say? Johnny um, said, uh, have I even asked you a question? I said, hello, doctor, and the next thing I know, you're talking about Western Airlines and Prince so-and-so. I mean, Johnny Carson was just genuinely funny, and he wasn't somebody who had to have the producer do this long pre-interview so that he could have all these planned things to say to get a laugh. He was just genuinely quick and funny. And um, so even though many of the interviews that I'm, I'm listening to now, because you've left the the radio station on in the car and, and when and when I then drive I'm I'm listening to it and interested in it. I don't know many of the guests. I don't know much about what they're talking about, but it's always entertaining and Johnny Carson is always likable and funny. I know virtually all of them. And last night we were watching one that I had DVR'd uh, with Charles Nelson Riley that our son said, our son, our 11-year-old son said, I mean, God bless him. He said, Dad, can we watch Johnny Carson? So, of course, I put it on. And the guest, the first guest was Charles Nelson Riley of Match Game fame and from Hartford, no, no less. And, oh, uh, I didn't know he was from Hartford. Yeah, yeah. And, I like and him uh, he had these big, thick, you know, signature glasses on that had fogged up. So he was saying, I'm having trouble seeing. And then he went into a, an apparently spontaneous story about when his glasses, when he didn't wasn't wearing his glasses as the lead in a stage play and, uh, and all the problems that that caused when he couldn't see on stage. And it was a very funny story. But Johnny said, why don't you wear contact lenses? And he said, no. And he said, why not? And he said, because I have to remember, as it is, I have to remember to glue in my teeth and glue on my hair what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go looking for my contacts also. And, of course, Charles Nelson Riley wore a big, ridiculous toupee, but he was happy to acknowledge it on TV. And some of the younger people who might listen to this podcast now, when you get to your next stoplight um, or are parked in a parking lot, it's okay to Google Charles Nelson Riley in the images, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, we're getting a lot of applications this week. Uh, uh, Teresa writes, I am Teresa with an H from PA, a.k.a. as TR. The Critter Sitter. Okay. Okay. Uh, I absolutely love the podcast, which I listen to in my car between pet visits. So she's applying. I should have read the, the, the header on the email. Applying for resident pet sitter slash dog walker. That would explain TR, The Critter Sitter. <laughs> yes, it explains which it better is a great, for sure. I hope that is her brand her brand name. Her, her, her Calling card? Absolutely. Uh, this week is a huge week because, once again, we had some world-class basketball to watch. Because I'm a huge women's basketball fan, Rebecca has impacted my life. I went to the 95 Women's Final Four in Minneapolis and saw her play. I will never forget the day I first saw Rebecca and Carol Lawson as analysts during the NCAA tournament. How important seeing women's basketball players as analysts was to fans you may never realize. If you have a resident pet sitter slash dog walker, I would be happy to serve. I do it full-time, which means I have very seldom have a day off, and I spend hours in my car. Thank you for sharing your lives with us. Teresa in PA, a.k.a. 
TR the critter sitter. TR the critter sitter is definitely our official ball and chain critter sitter, wouldn't you say? We're handing out a lot of resident titles today. Well, we are, but I mean, they're all filling vacancies. Okay. And, and presumably TR the I critter sitter could recommend to us a, a great vintage 70s or early 80s dog food for our for our vintage critters. Uh, maybe it's because of too many years sitting on the Yukon Board of Trustees, but I think we need a more robust process to determine our residents. Is that is that one of the the uh, management buzzwords you use? They, they, robust. They, they 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 always like if there's been a robust process. <laughs> robust process. Yes. This is a robust process, okay. right? <laughs> Uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve writes, uh, writes Bob, uh, I saw this on Facebook and thought I would share it with you. The Forest Service has issued a warning in the National Forest. They're urging everyone to protect themselves by wearing bells and carrying pepper spray. Hunters and those who recreate and those who recreate should be alert for fresh signs of bear activity and should be able to tell the difference between black bear scat and grizzly bear scat. Black bear scat is rather small and round, and sometimes you can see fruit seeds or squirrel fur in it. Grizzly bear scat is larger and often has bells in it and smells like pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't I hadn't read this in advance and I'm glad I didn't. What's that from? <laughs> That's from your simplest of palindromes, Bob in, in Huntersville, North Carolina. I like that one, Bob. Thank you. And just the, again, two buses come along at the same time. Bob, our simplest of palindromes, and the very next email, I just going chronologically through the through the queue as I always do, is from Hannah. Come on. Our second simplest of palindromes. Hannah writes, Hi, Stephen Rebecca. My brother saw this in Stonington, Connecticut this weekend, and I immediately thought of your weird sign combo from a few weeks ago. And she has attached a photograph. The photo is from Stonington. We know Stonington well. Is uh, architects. And below that, marriage counseling. <laughs> and we can post this picture. Yes, please. So you'll make sure to send that to me so architects I can post it. Architects and marriage counseling. Um my family in particular thought it was hilarious because my dad is an architect and has had to work late a lot, causing my mom to jokingly threaten divorce. Seems like an appropriate combination in the end. Also, I would so vote for Sue Bird, Megan Rapinoe couples costume for you guys this year, reference to Rebecca's tweet. You tweeted how many couples are going to... I tweeted that our uh, our eight-year-old t- told me what she wanted to be for Halloween and it made me wonder like, how many people are going, how many couples are going as Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe this Halloween. I think that would be a great well, costume. Well, what Hannah says is, the question is, who would be Bird and who would be Pino if you and I went? Hmm, I, well, I have the brown hair that I could put in a ponytail and look like Sue. We could get a pink wig for you. And you could be Megan. I could glue on my teeth and my hair. <laughs> Finally, writes Hannah, thank you, Rebecca, for your awesome coverage of the WNBA Finals. I was sobbing in my dorm room, dorm room watching the final seconds tick of the clock before the Mystics won the championship. What a year for DC. Thanks again for the awesome podcast. Keep them coming. And it may continue the year for DC if uh, the Nationals continue their, their pitiless romp through, through the baseball postseason. Nothing better than a pitiless romp. Uh, uh, pitiless uh, uh, yeah Yeah. okay Uh, Andy writes well someone's toast was burned yesterday morning morning, so it's not for everyone why ruin the fun Andy and then he encloses a link to Twitter and uh, The Atlantic has tweeted out monocles have enjoyed a few brief moments of vogue across three centuries but mostly they have always been a joke writes at Grossman Books so The Atlantic is uh, decrying monocles as a joke well that's is that yeah. from your monocle dealer? No, 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 no. No, this email, I mean. Is no, the, the email, email is from... saying someone's toast was burnt. Why is the Atlantic magazine trying to ruin the fun? It was the Atlantic that tweeted out that monocles uh, have right. enjoyed I, a few. I didn't know if the person who asked oh, no, no, you no, no, about no, the no, toast no. being burnt no, no, was no. our monocle dealer. That is not from dealer. my monocle dealer, no, nor my croaky dealer for that matter. Rebecca and Steve writes, Brian, my better half once read that it was it would be a good idea to mark on your phone the person who should be notified if for some reason you are injured or unconscious. So any text or call from me comes up as the loving term of in case of emergency. <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. That's how I should be listening to your phone because I, I complained last week that I was listen, listed by first and last name in your phone last week well, as like your tertiary Steve. It's a terrific idea and no offense, but you probably wouldn't be my in case of emergency. I would need somebody who's a little more level-headed, <laughs> a little little better in, in emergency situations to be in my in what case of... What if I of... had my, my purple wig glued on? <laughs> your pink give you wig? More, my pink wig. Would that give you more confidence? <laughs> Slightly. Also writes, Brian, I have to read this part of the email. I have had the honor of having numerous emails read on the podcast. To name a few, Lion Kinging, 
Cookie Mom, and most recently, Funeral Home Ranking System. <laughs> to the point that my kids groan, I am confident you know the groan, whenever I pull out my phone during dinner to play my latest viewer mail. <laughs> to put their minds at ease, can you assure them that there are other viewers and you do not consider them me to be a stalker? Rebecca, can you reassure his kids in your own dulcet tones that Brian of River Edge, New Jersey is, is not a stalker? Well, just because the um, private investigator we hired confirmed that Brian of River Edge, New Jersey, was just barely on the um, on the edge of being dangerous, we uh, we can confirm to his children that he was on the right side of that edge. We have another job application. This one comes from Jill. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Been listening to since the beginning. I love the interactions between you two and totally relate. I live in southwestern Arizona near the city of Yuma. I've been married for 36 years and have seven children. Yes, I said seven, four girls and three boys. My children range in age from 30 to 12. So with a husband and numerous offspring, I relate to many of your stories in the podcast. My favorite time to listen is in the morning while I'm running. I'm sure the people that see me running and laughing think I'm nuts. I would like to lobby to be your resident archaeologist. We can have Pause a for a second. Okay. Yes. Mother of seven. Mother of seven. And lives in Yuma. Runner, presumably running away. But isn't Yuma, isn't that in one of a, a, a Johnny Cash song where they talk about Yuma? Yeah, there's something trained to Yuma. Is that the... I don't know if there's a train going there, but I'm going to have to listen again. But Yuma is something that sounds familiar to me because of Johnny Cash. Archaeologists. I would like to uh, allow you to know more. I can provide the service of surveying and recording the material culture of your podcast, an important aspect to consider for archiving purposes for future generations. Please send me some swag or slag, whichever is fine with me. I will proudly display it around my office and take it on fieldwork to the hot remote desert while doing my archaeology thing. Sincerely, Jill with two L's. I think Jill. Do you think Jill with two L's, when she does her archaeology, would consider wearing a monocle? Well, I think she probably would have until the, the Atlantic dissed them as as, yeah. as a joke. But again, our two buses this week, Jill's email is followed by another Jill emailing. This is, this is from a, a different one Jill. one L or two L's? Also two L's, but a different Jill entirely. Okay. That was Jill in Yuma. This is Jill in, in New Jersey. So Brian should have just pretended like he was, there were multiple Brian's. And Brian with an I and Brian with a Y. Anyway, multiple Brian's in New Jersey. Anyway, this is Jill, uh, Jill in New Jersey. And it's all coming together here. Jill writes... Uh, Rebecca and Steve, your staff stenographer, my mother, has a big birthday coming up right before Christmas. I can think of no better way to celebrate than to gift her with some ball and chain pod swag. I would get her some of Steve's books, but she has already taken care of that. We both love your podcast, and it gives us something to talk about each week. I've tried recommending other podcasts that I've been on before, and yours is the only one that has stuck. So we will get swag. And I, Did she I, tell I us what her mother's name is? Um, well, she's staff stenographer. I think that's enough. Well, we should we would at have to least look up and say happy birthday to our staff oh, stenographer, um, especially since you've now blown the daughter's gift. Because if the mother, if the sten- I think if if our the, staff stenographer is listening to this podcast, which she will be before you get the swag out, because you're way behind on swag. That's true. I got to get the swag out. I got the swag out this this What her daughter's week. getting her for her birthday? A P.S. You don't have to be a top D one and professional athlete to have memorabilia returned to you. It's apparently a thing people do. I was an above average high school basketball and pretty good softball player for a low level D one team and my mom has received old newspaper clippings, photos, and pocket schedules sent to her to pass on to me. Nothing says the glory days are over quite like that. Can can we just rewind for a second? It's one thing that you're a bad gift giver, but now you're now you're ruining the gift of two people we've never even met. It's, it's, what, it's what I do. It's what you do, and you do it well. Uh, Janice, not Jill, not Jill, but Janice. And by the way, Johnny Carson was married to Joan, Joanne, and Joanna, his first three wives. Seriously? His fourth what wife was, was Alex. Joan, Joanne, and Joanne. He kept adding one letter. To the- right. Odd. Janice writes, Hi, Steve and Rebecca. Thanks for your entertaining podcast. I've been listening and laughing since the beginning. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to another Holly Rowe guest appearance and stories. Now, we got to get Holly back on because people are demanding it. Yes. The WNBA finals were very entertaining to watch this year. Both the Mystics and Sun left it all on the floor. It's nice to see the fan base both teams have, too. And the ESPN coverage by Rebecca, Holly, and Ryan was, as always, very well done. Thank you. Wondered if either of you would be willing to weigh in on the California Fair Pay to Play Act. Uh, you were just talking about this, Rebecca, that you have to bone up, do some robust discovery on that act. I'm happy to weigh in now. I don't know why that I don't know why college athletes, and this is just me speaking here, are the one exception, or among the only exceptions to the to the otherwise free market that we have in the United States, where you are free to make money as you choose, unless it violates the the bogus concept of amateurism that uh, that the Olympics 
proved was uh, not necessary to the so-called integrity of, of the games. I am inclined to completely agree with you, but yeah, I've been asked twice in recent days to talk about this um, on the radio, and I need to just bone up a little bit more on it. I need to um, read the bill and see exactly what was passed before I can completely speak intelligently. We've seen lots of athletes speaking on things recently that they may not have been completely informed right on. right and steve i would like to purchase two signed copies of your book knights in white castle um i will i will um just just i will i will get those to you just if anybody out there wants to uh sign copies of any of my books just send an email to ball and chain pot at gmail.com it's it's an easy thing to do and uh, this is I'll a good place too because this will come out on wednesday um october 16th on october 17th you and i will be speaking at the uh, connecticut convention center in hartford at a, an event for the Greater Hartford YMCA um, that goes from 5.30 to 8.30. It's a, it's a, a evening that is to raise money for the Hartford YMCA. Um, so if anybody wants to purchase tickets and come, it goes to a great cause. They're hoping to raise $200,000 at this event. Um, you can go to ghymca.org slash champions to get tickets. Um, again, that is Thursday October 17th, 5.30 to 8.30, I'm sorry, 5.30 to 9.30 at the um, Connecticut Convention Center. Anne writes, good morning, Steve. Three things. I was in Connecticut this weekend for a wedding and saw this fanny pack photo attached in the window display at Coach. They have finally caught up to Megan Rapinoe's style as reported on the ball and chain ages ago. And here's a picture of a Coach fanny pack hanging in the window at coach i like that she says three things then she enumerates four things following it <laughs> i'm going to read three of them uh, my sister and i wanted to go to your oh that's the one i'm not going to read my 10 11 speaking engagement in simsbury i did that it was great uh three when you get to shady Glen, i recommend the famous bernice cheeseburger we went there saturday and it was as good as ever somebody else asked and i didn't read that part in a viewer mail uh, this week if i'd been to shady Glen yet over the summer we did not make it we there we have to get there four among her three things is i would like to volunteer to be your resident nuclear power advisor i have had a 40-year nuclear career and if i don't know something about nukes i have the resources to answer any questions regarding nuclear power in the usa I enjoy your podcast and tell everyone I know about it. Unfortunately, I don't know anyone in Delaware. That comes from <laughs> Anne in Mississippi, but she grew up in Windsor a long, long time ago. So let's just recount the, the residents we've given away today. I, I Nuclear power. Too numerous to count. Archaeologist. What else? We had um, PA announcer. Is or that it? Or have we had another, a fourth? There are um, uh, Middle school nurse. I mean, that's four in one At podcast. Four, yes. This is why I think our, our process needs to be more robust. Well, Denise writes, hello, Rebecca and Steve. This is not Denise, our, our birder in Glastonbury. This Denise. is Denise from Montana because she writes, hello, Rebecca and Steve. Greetings from your resident Montanan, Denise with one N. First, thank you so very much for your podcast. In Montana, we travel very far to get places, 11 hours round trip to watch our granddaughter's less than 20-minute cross-country race. We love our beautiful Montana mountains and, and skies, but it is the ball and chain podcast that make the drive go by faster. I wanted to share and emphasize and, empath and empathize with Steve and your daughter's luck. I'm the, I'm the one in our family whose order always gets messed up, and the one that made it more apparent than anything is this experience. I bought cemetery plots for my husband and, and I in 2008, and a few years ago I was checking on them and was told they had accidentally sold them again to someone else in 2009, <laughs> and they were now occupied by those people. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I laughed and laughed because my luck appeared to continue until my last moments on earth. My husband did not find it as humorous as I did because we had picked out the location together. They did let us pick out new spots and transferred our deed to the new location. This is where, because I was telling you about the day I was recounting my bad luck and our 13-year-old kept tell, telling me the bright side of those things. This is where you say, well, of course, you're, you had the good luck because the people occupying the plots right now are the ones who actually had the bad luck. <laughs> This weekend, we went, the, the grocery store the day before had been stocked full of um, the yogurt that has, you know, berries in it. Our daughter, all she wanted, our oldest, the one with the bad luck, all she wanted was the yogurt with the berries. We went there, completely sold out. The, the kid's luck continues to be poor. Finally, Dr. K, Dr. Ken in, in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana uh, writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, it's midterm week at the university, and so the morning ahead is a busy one. But having listened to Pod 96 this morning, I had to write with a few comments. First, and most importantly, what's your favorite pen, Rebecca? Have we not talked about this on the air? Because I'm a uniball. The, the pilot, G2, it's not the uniball. Oh, it's not the uniball? You're thinking of the dog, the uniball, that was earlier in viewer mail. Uno. 
The Uniball yeah, dog. Yes, right? I am thinking of Uno. We're yes, talking about the Pilot G two. I will. Um, we don't get any money for this. This is not a sponsorship. No, thing. I was been thinking about this. I'm and I, that's to, what I gave you for your. Yeah, for your, I'm going to post a picture on on our Instagram account again. That's a couple pictures now. I've promised to post, and it's going to be all the things you got me for my birthday, and 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 including the G two. And Doctor Doctor Ken writes, Steve, do you have a favorite pen? That's also my favorite pen or pencil. Doctor K favors the D- Dixon Triconderoga pencil. An excellent oh, pencil. Yes. It's the only pencil. Not the, the Ticonderoga, the Triconderoga. Is it Triconderoga? That's what he's written. Is there a, is there a triple-barreled Ticonderoga? I don't know. I think it's probably a, um autocorrect. Finally, I think that the flight attendant's reminder to obey airplane signs is meant for those who have engaged pre-flight beverages and so may be experiencing fuzzy thinking. After all, you would not want plastered travels. You would not want plastered travelers. Ignoring posted placards. Posted placards. I, I almost you got it You can't even say it. I can't say it. With good wishes to both of you and the family, your occasional correspondent, Dr. K. I think on that note, you have things to do. I have nothing to do. Denny is flying to uh, Greece He's, tonight, so we have to get him to this this file to him to uh, produce it up. All we need to do maybe is Maybe his trip to Greece was a secret. Maybe you've, maybe you've ruined well, another it, it, present if for it somebody. Is, if it is, then he can... He'll edit it out. He gets the last say on, on what he edits out. Tool. That's right. Um, but, but if you were flying to Greece otherwise and, and you had nothing but honorable intentions, I think that uh, you'd want to leave it in. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> if not, he's got some editing to do. He's got some explaining to yeah, do. So it's All maybe right. just easier to leave it in. On that note... Tom, Dick, Harry... Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet Live in the cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest It's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.